Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Energy Healing Conference, Five Wives Vodka, and Market Source Real Estate. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. All right. I want to personally welcome everybody out today to episode 381 of I Am Salt Lake podcast. My name is Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. If you're new to this show, you might be wondering what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City. We get to talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. And as always, we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio that's located in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located at 680 South State Street. And not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can come and purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. So make sure to stop on in, check this place out, and pick up a t-shirt while you're here. It's t-shirt season, so I want to see you here. Who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we get to sit down and have an awesome conversation with local Salt Lake City artist, Natalie Alsup Edwards. We get to find out her story, as well as all about her hand-drawn photo booth and her local sticker machines. Hey, before we get into that conversation with Natalie, let's give some love to one of our awesome sponsors, Market Source Real Estate. I know there's a lot of listeners. You guys are looking to move to Salt Lake City. Maybe you're looking to just move across town here in Salt Lake City. Well, you need to contact our friends Monique and Jeremy Higginson of Market Source Real Estate. For the last 17 years, they've been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in the Sugar House and Greater Salt Lake area. With a background of flipping houses and owning almost two dozen homes themselves, they know all the ins and outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their property to increase their value and make sellers more money. And if you're looking to buy an old home, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. Find all their info at thinksaltlakecity.com today or just give them a call 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, here's that conversation with Natalie Alsup-Edwards when she came and sat down with us in our podcast studio and shared her story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. I like to even go back, find out where home is for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like where you grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in Austin, Texas, which is kind of like the hippie city of Texas. I don't know if you've ever been there. No. I've heard it's awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. There's a lot of kooky artists And um, I was raised by some kooky hippies who started a toy store in when they were in like college. They made their own toys. So I feel like that was my parents were really influential in terms of like being a creative entrepreneur. They always like instilled the ideas of entrepreneurship in me and my sisters to like when we wanted jobs in high school, for instance, they were like, oh, don't go get a job. You should make up something to do, like go 
make some art and sell it or something. Yeah. Well, um, I work for the man, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like don't go do get your a own job. thing. I already job. love your parents. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pretty amazing. Um, so anyway, they still have a toy store down there and it's really huge and awesome. And, um, I visit every year. So they're still in Austin. Yeah. They're in Austin. making toys. Like what are some of the toys they're making? Well, they don't make toys anymore. That's how they began, but they've sort of expanded. And now they're this like really awesome. If you ever go to Austin and you like toys, you should really go to this place. Um, What's the name of the toy store? Terra Toys, like Earth Toys. But yeah, my mom has really awesome buying practices. They do a lot of made in USA, classic, beautiful. Okay, so it's like ethical sourcing toys. Yeah, totally. It's, oh, they don't like have it. like Barbies and video games. They yeah. have, you know, wooden toys and kites and yo-yos and some, some trendy stuff because it's funny, but... Anyway, so that's pretty fun. So what brought you to Utah then? So Austin, Texas, which you would think most people would want to stay there your their entire life. What brought you to Salt Lake City, Utah? Yeah, I came out here with an old boyfriend of mine okay. um, who came from mountains. We've been all been in those <laughs> yeah. situations. That's usually what brings people out here. Know, it's like you know? either religion or like a relationship. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I like fell in love with Utah and sort of established my life here and I really love it. Um, How long ago was that? I'm just trying like, to paint a little picture yeah, here, right? That was like eight years ago. Okay, so you've been yeah, here for a been minute. Here for a while, yeah. And I went to the U and then started doing the photo booth while I was in school, just like on weekends at the farmer's market, actually. And then sort of kept growing it. And now I have other artists that I've trained to do it with me and I dispatch to events. And we're doing more and more weddings and festivals. And uh, So you're staying pretty busy, yeah. With this hand-drawn photo booth. Yeah, I definitely try to. Um, during the summer is like the busiest season. And then winter is a little bit more lax. It keeps growing. I stay focused on it. And um, I have other projects that I do too. I think I mentioned the local artist sticker machine to y'all. Uh, maybe, maybe. And we'll get into that. Okay, we'll okay, get into, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to talk though a little bit about this hand-drawn photo booth before we go too yeah, far. Sure. Just to kind of, again, paint the picture here for our listeners to get to know you now. A lot of people might not have ever even seen this hand-drawn photo booth right. that you've created. And I'll put a picture of that, if that's okay with you, Natalie, mm-hmm. on uh, at IamSaltLake.com with this episode, the notes and links and all of that. For people that are listening, let's try to like describe it a little bit. So you, you have this wooden photo booth thing you've created. <laughs> how would you describe, I mean, do you know, how would you describe that? Yeah. So it's kind of like... Um... It's sort of to emulate the experience of being in a photo booth, but yeah. not as claustrophobic. So uh, it's just a little frame that's freestanding. It says hand-drawn photo booth. And you, as a the model, sit across from the artist, and there's like a little frame that you see each other through. And a little slot that says money in, a slot that says photo out. And so you would sit for four brief poses, and I sketch them onto in pen onto a strip of paper and then I deliver it out of the photo out slot and I go like a pretend machine. (laughs) Such a creative idea. (laughs) I remember the first time I saw the photo booth, I think it was at, I want to say Utah art festival a couple of years ago. And I was just like ecstatic. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we have to go to this thing. It's so cool. Like it's just, it brings out the kid in you. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to see people like laugh and get into silly poses and everything. Um, How did this idea even come about? Have you, is there, is there, I've, there's an are there other story. people out there doing this? Is that kind of where you got the idea? No, I, I have seen since, since I've done it, I have seen one other person do something kind of similar, but basically I got the idea when 
I'll give you the long story. Sure. No, okay. that's here. Yeah. We're, sure. we're here. This is a podcast. Okay. We can get the long story here. So um, my sister was managing a gallery in Chicago and she and my dad and me were all talking about like how to bring people in to the shop. I remember when I was a teenager, I used to seek out photo booths. I like loved them. But I also knew that they're hard to maintain because the film is like difficult. You'd often run into like out of order signs. And so I was like, wow, that'd be cool to have a photo booth. Oh, but then they, you know, don't work all the time. Oh, what if you drew them? And I remembered this scene from the Flintstones where uh, they get their Polaroid taken, but it's actually a bird inside of a box that like pecks their image into yeah. stone. I totally remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. So all of these things like came together at once and I was like, duh, you should just draw, you know, draw the four poses. And so that night we started experimenting with it and um, made like this little cardboard thing on the tabletop and uh, I drew my sister and my dad and it was hilarious. And so I started taking it to the farmer's market the following week because I was visiting Chicago and came back. And what was people's like response of it? They probably just were like, this is crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I had a positive response, but I, it was, I had this like little cardboard square and like tiny stools that were really close to the ground. So it wasn't super visible. Um, but the people that did see it and tried it loved it. And I was like, that's good. Let me keep going like, like this, you iterated yeah continuously yeah positive response like keep keep going with it until you hit resistance and so yeah and like even even through times of resistance I've like pushed through and you just keep going and people really like it so you mentioned you went to school at the U did you go to school for art or what did you go to school there for oddly enough I went for environmental and sustainability studies oh, um, wow. <laughs> which is not related to art but um I really liked the major but it was kind of heavy and but you uh, stuck with it though right yeah like, yeah I graduated yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole time I was like developing the photo booth during my weekends and was like my passion really is art like it's what I've always grown up doing and um I didn't really want to get a job in like environmental advocacy or something and when I graduated I was like well I'm just gonna keep making art and see where that goes and it's just it's been going. So So did you ever take any school classes for art or just all self-taught then? Kind of. I mean, when we were when we were growing up, me and my sister both were interested in art, especially like I I identify as like a multimedia artist. I do tons of different I love to experiment with mediums. And my parents would like send us to different summer camps for art and stuff like that. And but in school, I did go to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago for a year. Oh my gosh, that is a good school. <laughs> it's a, it was a really good school and they have such great like amenities, but I felt really lost and I, it just wasn't right for me. So anyway, I ended up leaving that school and then studying environmental studies and then doing art anyway. So kind of a <laughs> so you, I mean, strange path. You, you, no, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome path. If anything, you've got out and experienced life a little bit. A lot of people, they they don't even leave their hometown, sure, right? Like they yeah. go, to, they go to the community college in their hometown, or maybe no, no college, or maybe university. I don't know, but you've ventured out and you've tried things. Yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I think it was a really good experience to kind of get a feel for what art school, especially like a really great art school. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what is this? What, you, you seem to know what it is, Chrissy. What What yeah, is this? Tell was, me, it, what is this art? It was school? actually one of the colleges that I was going to apply to. It's just like a really great art art college. Yeah, that they like specialize in all the different old. Yeah, I don't know. It's just established. <laughs> yeah. Here, well, here's a, here's an interesting question. Feel free to even chime in on this as well, Chrissy. Here's 
like I, uh, I used to be really into photography and I still am. I just don't really go out, get a, get out and take pictures. So I took a class at the uh, Salt Lake Community College. I thought, oh, this could be fun, right? Learn how to be a better photographer. But I found the class kind of held me back, yeah, right? Like, kind of restricting. He, he, I wanted to do photography a certain way. And he, the teacher didn't want me to do it that way. And the ways I did it, he kind of put down and made fun of me. I felt maybe not, maybe it wasn't. But it was actually a bad experience. Made me almost hate photography. Made me hate even being creative. And as I look back at it now, I wonder, well, is he, was he just trying to teach me something? Like, was it just something like, it's good to learn all the angles of, of how, you know, you could either do it this way or this way. But it's just, I find a lot of that stuff to be very restrictive. And I don't know, as an artist, do you find you deal with stuff like that? Yeah, I think that a lot of times art is really hard to teach and that art teachers tend to have an idea of what you should be making or what they want to see or what they wish they were making. And so they try to like put that on their students. And I felt a little bit of that in the art school, though. I think they did really try to teach ideas about Mm -hmm. making art, but I did feel like it was sort of, too conceptual. It was a really freeform school where you don't have to pick a major necessarily, which is awesome, I think. But I there was no there was like zero focus on any technical skills, which was difficult because somebody says, "Oh, you should make some art. Figure out how." Like, we're not going to really give you any tools to do this, even though the school has like a huge workshop for wood and metal and everything. And so I felt kind of frustrated in that way. I think there were other things, other aspects, but yeah, definitely art is really hard to teach. Yeah. <laughs> I See, I used to think that also, and I used to really kind of vent about that, how like going to art classes holds you back as an artist. But I was talking to some art teachers and their perspective on it was really interesting. They're like, yeah, you know, we do restrict you to learn a specific way because you need to know the rules in order to break them. Right. So it's kind of like they are putting you in a box. But they're hoping by putting you in a box that you will stretch, you know, like break out of it. Because artists, we're kind of natural rebels too, right? Yeah, I think think the good artists, the good artists, you're always trying to like push the boundaries just a little bit, and and so I think it's interesting how it's almost like a psychological thing that they're doing to you. Hmm. But I don't know. At least the teacher that I talked to explained it really well. Do you think that people are born an artist, or do you think it's something like you? Are you developed by taking classes? Like, I don't know. I mean, is it a skill? I don't know how much am I, I wording that right or like nature versus nurture? Kind yeah. Of um, I think that with anything, it's a matter of like interest and and practice. Like, if you are like, I don't feel I'm any good at drawing, but is that something I've put on myself? Yeah, I think it's probably like if you're not interested in drawing, then yeah, you won't practice it. You won't be good at it. If it's something you want to do, like I'm not interested in podcasting. Probably, sure. Right? Yeah. Like, I've never made a podcast. podcast. It's just like I, I've never done that. And yeah. it's because it's because I don't have an interest in it. And then I'm not good at it because I've never practiced it. So I think that's the same for any pursuit that anybody wants to do is like if you're interested and if you practice, then you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. You can you can develop develop the skill even if it's not a natural tendency. Yeah. If you really, really want to, probably. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And like for me, it, it's I've always had an interest because it was sort of like the culture of my family and how I was raised as like creative artist types. And Which so, is so always cool. been interested. <laughs> like now, I just think that's so neat. Did you grew up in that. Are your parents artists? Did we ask that? I don't know if we we brought well, that up. Well they were toy makers. Toy yeah, makers, but do, like with like pencil and paper. Yeah. Well type. my mom is definitely a painter and she so 
how they made toys was my dad would cut them, do the woodworking side, and my mom would paint all of them. And um, she still paints, and my dad is also a writer. And um, so I think they're both, like, just really creative. My dad is also really into DIY and just, like, fixing things. That's awesome. You know what's funny? That's what my grandparents did. They had a company called Shelly's Chips and Paints, (laughs) and my grandpa was a woodcarver, so he would carve all these things, and my grandma would paint them, and then they would sell them at farmer's markets and stuff. Yeah, it's a great cool. team. You know, yeah, like, yeah, fits cool. together. Let's actually take a break here. We need to play a couple messages from our sponsors, uh, but we obviously have a lot more we're going to talk about. So we'll talk about that when we get back. So hang tight. Hey, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Energy Healing Conference. Tammy Anderson Ward from Hope Haven Events has produced dozens of life-changing conferences, retreats, and events since 2014 helping to bring clarity to thousands about energy healing. So we're excited to tell you all about this event that she's doing, Energy Healing Conference. It's coming to downtown Salt Lake City on June 21st and June 22nd, right to the Salt Palace Convention Center, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on both days. Hey, there are going to be dozens of nationally acclaimed speakers who are experts in the field of energy medicine, nutrition, acupuncture, qigong, Over 200 alternative health vendors with unique products and services. Keynote speakers include Carol Tuttle, Tammy Anderson Ward, Tam Pendleton, and Benjamin King. Head on over to energyhealingconference.com so you can find out more information about this amazing conference. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners. You're going to want to enter in the promo code IAMSLC. It's all one word, IAMSLC at checkout. And this is going to save you $10 off your general admission ticket. One thing you need to keep in mind is the earlier you register, the better the price since tickets go up as it gets closer. So just buy your tickets today, you guys. Again, energyhealingconference.com. Listeners of this podcast, enter in the promo code IMSLC. This is going to save you $10. Check it out June 21st and June 22nd, right to the Salt Palace, right here in downtown Salt Lake City. And we're going to see you there. And many thanks to Energy Healing Conference for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Five Wives Vodka. Not only is Five Wives Vodka delicious, but they are local and they are delicious. So the next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. The next time you head on over to your neighborhood local bar, ask for Five Wives Vodka by name because every time you take a shot of Five Wives Vodka, you are supporting this podcast. They have three different flavors that Chrissy and I are going to tell you about. They have the original. This is the one that kind of pulled me in. This is the one that I was like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. It is made from Utah Mountain Spring Water. It's 100% distilled corn spirit and it's gluten-free. The spring is hidden in beautiful Ogden Canyon, so it's inaccessible by vehicle, so they're having to hike this water out five gallons at a time. And for those of you who like a little more spice in your drink, you need to check out Five Wives Sinful. Sinful is a delicious cinnamon-flavored vodka. It's unlike other cinnamon products that leave that cinnamon candy taste in your mouth. Sinful is like a morning cinnamon roll, and it only has 76 calories per ounce. There's also the Five Wives Heavenly. This is another one of their flavored vodka, but this is with a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor, it comes through without coating your taste buds with sugar, and this is going to result in more vanilla and less calories. Again, their website, fivewivesvodka.com. Find out more about them. 
go check them out. I think they got recipes and all that good stuff there. But like I said, the next time you head on over to the state liquor store, just pick up a couple of bottles. It's pretty much summertime here. You know, you got a barbecue, you got to take a bottle of this too. And on that note, many thanks to Five Wise Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So Natalie, is there a, like, do you have a favorite medium that you enjoy working in? Yeah, I actually don't have a particularly favorite medium. I like to switch mediums a lot and learn new mediums, sort of my favorite thing. But I do really love drawing in pen, like in the hand-drawn photo booth. My other favorite medium is to carve um, linoleum and rubber stamps, which is like really fun. And um, sometimes I'll make a kit of stamps that are modular, so they all fit together so you can make one image, which I I should give you all a visual. But um, That sounds intense. It's pretty fun. So like I rec- actually really want to produce this, but it's like castle pieces. So there's like a, a stamp that's a wall and a different stamp that's like the roof and a different stamp that's a wall with a door in it. And so you can... You can stamp them all to make a castle. It's like real life Minecraft. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Filled with blocks. Yeah. So I've done a lot of different stuff like that. And um, when I design stickers for the local artist sticker machine, they're usually linoleum cuts. I also enjoy painting and oils, but it's fairly new to me. This last year, I learned to weld, MIG welding, which is fun and has great applications. Where did you learn how to do that at? Yeah. Um, My ex-boyfriend taught me a little bit, and then I also work super super part-time at the university in their shop and some of my co-workers taught me a little bit how to use the equipment and then after you get set up it's just like trial and error to be okay at it <laughs> um so yeah that's been really useful I've built like sticker machine stands and I would love to build some sculptures but so far it's been just practical applications and to learn the tool because it's finicky kind of so can people that are listening right now see any of your other art besides, yeah. so you have the hand-drawn photo booth. Where can people see some of your other art? Yeah. So I have, I'm mostly on Instagram and I have a Instagram for the hand-drawn photo booth, one for the local artist sticker machine, which is just at local artist sticker machine. And you can see all of the different stickers of different artists, including myself and the the machines and the stickers. Isn't, isn't that the one Trent Call's got some stickers in them, right? Or is that a different sticker uh, machine I've seen? He has, I know that he has a couple machines that he just puts like his oh, own art yeah, in. his own in. Okay. Yeah. And then, but mine is like a project to like promote other, other local people. artists. And sometimes I put my own stuff. But yeah, so any artist can submit and like I print their images and then display it alongside a little bio and I pay them royalties and stuff. And then, so it's like to promote that artist. That is so cool. So this is like, I actually saw one of those at Quarters Arcade Bar. Yeah, And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, are there any, temp- I thought it was like a temporary tattoo machine. Like Someday. when you're a kid, you put in the four quarters. Yeah, and totally. Cha-ching, but it's all, it's just all local stickers. Yeah, they're all stickers. But I That's would so love, cool. I really want to make tattoos, but I like, it's a little bit different, the process. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I'm looking for the perfect design. So your your machine is one of the machines at Quarters. Yes. It's okay. So Quarters at SLC, which we've one. had them on this podcast, yeah. too, yeah. by the way. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Oh, cool. Great bar, by the yeah, way, too. Yeah, it's an awesome place. And they're so nice. I really love the owners of that place. But yeah, so I have like 20 throughout Salt Lake and Ogden. And, um, you know, 20 they, of these machines. Uh-huh. I try to change the art every month so it's like a little gallery and it also keeps it fresh so that people, because people collect the stickers. It's like limited edition artist stickers. Well, I kind of want to start. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This is like, this sounds so cool. Is that hard to maintain though? Uh, it's work. Yeah. But I like doing it and I've, I've loved stickers since I was a kid. I have like 
sticker books, sticker albums, and like collected stickers from vending machines as a kid. Same with like the photo booth. And so it's kind of been an obsession of mine. It just makes sense to produce them. And it's also really fun to curate the art. When people submit art, you know, you like look through it and I have some judges that help me decide like what will get printed and put out. And so you actually, you have people submit art and then you're the one that actually creates the stickers. Yes. Yeah. And then I pack them myself and then we like recycle. I have a little recycle bin on each of the machines so people can, because they're packed in like a cardboard sleeve. Right. So they, I reuse the, the sleeves and um, I really like, I've gotten into building the signs for it. So, like That's so experimenting cool. with different types of signage. Okay. So quarters is one of the places you mm-hmm. mentioned 20 different machines. Yeah. I mean, I obviously we don't need to go down the whole right. list, but is there a way, how can people find out where they're at? Or do you want to mention a couple of places? Yeah. Or? Well, thanks for asking. They're mostly in coffee shops in Salt Lake and ones that like Umoka, but I do have on my website, slcartiststickermachine.com there's a map and you can go and shows like the whole map of salt lake and you can click on which location okay that's what i was getting at yeah, is there's yeah. a way to find out yeah, where totally. they're at and there's a list on there too so you can ch- check that out do you ever plan on getting more than 20 i yeah. mean do you want to keep adding more I and more continue to add i have a couple in my storage unit that i because like i buy them and then fix them up and give them nice signage and make them shiny and stuff and I have a couple that still need homes that I'm in the process of. So I try to put one out. I guess the last year I put a lot out in the world. So I'm like sort of. So if somebody's down. listening, maybe they have a perfect yeah. place to put it. They could yeah, reach out to you, Natalie, right? And, yeah. And feel free to send me a message through my website or through Instagram. Yeah. Maybe they have a cool place to yeah. put it. Do, do different machines have different stickers or is it like one set of stickers across all 20 machines at one time? Well, I try to, when when I print new stickers, I try to put them all out at once, but because of the flow of sales, I guess, yeah. they all, sometimes it's different and none of them are exactly the same. Usually it'll be like a different combination, but yeah, so it's kind of, it varies. So it's like a treasure hunt for yeah. those of us who want to collect all the well, stickers. Well, again, yeah, yeah collect yeah, exactly. them. I, now yeah. I kind of want to collect all of them. Yeah, and- plus, I mean, it changes. I've had like over 70 different artists throughout the lifetime of the thing and I, I've collected of course, I keep like a copy of each of them. So I have this whole binder with like every sticker that was ever in the machine, which I That's love so cool. <laughs> to look at. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, speaking of hosts, it's like I think it's really cool because it also is a draw for people who have a shop and they want to have a sticker machine. People will go seek out that store because they're excited to get the stickers and it changes every month. So it's like, you know, it's free to be a host, but you'll be listed on my Instagram and my website and my map and act as a draw. So that's yeah, like for sure. the perk of being a host. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine the sticker machines taking up that much space in no, somebody's they're, shop, they're right? Small. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless like your shop is tiny, so, you know. <laughs> back to the uh, back to the hand-drawn photo booth. Does that, like what, there's got to be some challenging aspects of it, right? Like you're drawing pictures of people. Now, granted, they're not the most crazy pictures, right? They're pretty, they're pretty. They're sketch- yeah. Sketches, yeah. I mean, what, what's the most challenging aspect of that? Do you, do you have to deal with jerks and stuff of being like, that doesn't look like me or, you know, I don't know. People are weird, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, plain. I actually, most people are really, the people that are attracted to the booth, you know, I don't get many jerks and mostly people are excited and think it's funny. Occasionally I've had like a disappointed look, but you know, it's like low stakes. Four, yeah. You get four drawings. It's probably going to look a little bit like them and it's at least funny. It's I think, about the experience, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
I think one of the hardest things is just like, and since I've been doing it for so long, I've gotten used to all of these aspects, but talking while you're drawing somebody who's moving on like up the size of a postage stamp almost is like all these like factors kind of collide to make it a little difficult, but um, it's also really fun. And I think right now, probably the hardest part is training new people to, cause I have folks that work um, for the hand-drawn photo booth that I send to parties and training them is difficult cause because they have to get used to that. Like, well, they're not maybe. up to your standards too, right? Like sure, you have yeah. a different set of standards than, right. than somebody you might be training. Yeah. Well, and mostly it's like just them getting used to all of those factors that I mentioned, like somebody moving and like making eye contact with a stranger and like looking at every feature of their face and like the interpersonal part is challenging, but it is really fun. So it's kind of Do you kind of train your uh, employees in a certain style or do you kind of let everyone run with their own style as long as they can effectively get cute images out? Yeah. So I really like to allow the artists to have different styles. I think it's really fun to see. Like today, I just right before I came here, I had a a practice meeting with two of my artists and one of them, her she airs to like the realistic side and like gets more literal details. And then the other artist, Charlotte, does more like cartoonified drawings and they're both so cute but you know different ways of I have some drawings actually that they did of me and like side by side of the same pose and it's really cool to see the differences the differences yeah Yeah. Yeah. so I I like to allow them freedom but obviously there's constraints like you have to draw in this like you know small area in pen quickly yeah right then there's no like we don't like take a photo and draw from that you just draw what you see so you said quickly, like how long of a, does it usually take? The goal is to do four poses in five minutes. So, so that gives people an idea on really how yeah. quick you're doing it. And it's also hard to hold, like as the model, it's hard to hold the pose. So like today we were doing some timed time. I give them a minute and 20 seconds to draw the pose and then I drop it. And um, I feel like, like we train to get that speed and um, it's cool to see them progress. So. Anyway, yeah, we try to do it fast. <laughs> you mentioned uh, like parties and stuff, right? Like, and I was reading on your website, weddings and, and stuff that you can bring the photo booth to. What's, do you have any like really strange places that yes. you've done it? Like what's, if, do you care to talk about that? Or maybe we can't even talk about that. <laughs> no, no, it's, even, it's appropriate. But um, Well, I don't know. I don't, yeah. yeah. Mostly I do, yeah, we do like weddings and festivals. And I've done a couple of like holiday corporate parties, which is really fun. But I did one last uh, winter, there was like a holiday party and it was clown themed, Yes, which was amazing. And I was like, I love clowns by the way. Yeah. It was so funny. I didn't, when I, when we arrived, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, who dresses up like clowns? Is anyone going to, that was here, that was here in Utah Yeah, and yeah, I was wasn't invited. Down, well, it was like a staff party for this <laughs> like restaurant industry. <laughs> and, um, everybody had really different, like some of them were like, hipster millennial clowns and some of them were like juggalos one of them was a rodeo clown and like horror clown mimes and i was like amazed at the variety that showed up and then we got to draw all of them was that terrifying it was it was a little it was no it was more funny (laughs) look i've been afraid of clowns my whole life and then she marries i used to i used to do like birthday party clown shows like over 20 years ago right late teens and stuff it's gonna make it come (laughs) for sure i've thought about doing i'd have to shave the beard off though and that's why you could actually you i've seen some people incorporate a beard into their clown makeup but there tend to be scary clowns uh, sure, right yeah. like and mm. i'm a birthday party happy clown making <laughs> balloon animals for little kids right, right? Yeah. like i don't want to scare them i'm yeah, not you're gonna, into you're like gonna be cute for yeah. if you paint your beard pink 
Now, well, or braid it. your beard, or like put flowers in oh, the beard. Oh, braid it! Oh, can I braid it? Maybe I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm it. still very. Okay, so this was, <laughs> this was, this wasn't necessarily for clowns. They were more uh, told to dress up as. Yeah, clowns. it was like the theme of the party. Okay, yeah, and I was, okay. I was like excited at how many people yeah. adhered to the theme, and then we got to draw them, which was hilarious, and all the drawings are like really funny. Dealing with drunk people, I'm sure you have to oh, deal man. with drunk people. How do you get them to sit still? Um, or you don't. You just kind of. Go you with, just draw, draw what you and be see. like, this is what you look like. Right. Especially yeah. when they're drunk, you're like, yeah. hey, give me a good tip. I think, yeah, I think a lot of times, yeah, you just draw what you can. And like, because sometimes I have to draw toddlers too, and there's no way a oh, toddler's going to hold still. So you like learn to work with the movement. And then also drunk people can be really funny. And sometimes if you just like lean into it, it can be a really great experience. Uh. I have had some that I'm like, uh, don't do that pose, please. Like someone was going to moon me and I was like you can just keep your pants on and I'll just pretend like you're mooning me <laughs> stuff like that so like oh. I want this for my fourth frame yeah nice full moon on crossing there. the line yeah wow. people do you do you go outside of Salt Lake City like Provo or Ogden at all or yeah, just inc- kind of stay here in the valley increasingly I've been invited to some to events further out of Salt Lake and I've actually had inquiries for like out of state like New York and no North Carolina but I was like uh, pay my travel favor, yeah. you know, <laughs> and they they wouldn't do that. No, I mean it becomes pretty expensive. Yeah, I was going like, to say throw on an air. Fl- I mean, an airplane yeah. ticket, and like over, and like you have to stay there, and so it's kind of complicated. But it's cool to see that it there's a demand for it. Yeah, I mean it's such a cool artisan thing. It's something that you don't really see, and yeah. it'd be very difficult to recreate. Yeah, because it does take a lot of training to yeah, do. Yeah, and um, but yeah, and then I do. Th- Last year, I went up to Jackson Hole for a festival and camped, and that was really fun. So I think I'm going to do that again. But I don't, mostly it's just like Utah and kind of Salt Lake area. What would you recommend for people that are listening and they're like, I want to learn how to be an artist or I want to learn art, how to draw, whatever. What would Natalie tell them to do? I would experiment. Like that's my go-to thing. If you're like, oh, I'm curious about something, just start playing with it you know <laughs> like sure. uh get some pens and like draw something from life or i think learning from people can be really important like hang out with artists or like watch some youtube videos or i, I don't know really how to learn art except by just doing just it, doing it. Yeah. so like, just make mistakes Exper- yeah exactly make experiments and also when you think of something as an experiment it helps the stakes be lowered if you're like oh i'm making art i'm using air quotes then you there's all this pressure that it has to look good the first time. But it's probably not going to, especially if you're just starting. But if you treat everything as an experiment and always consider yourself an amateur, then there, the stakes are lowered and you're like, oh, well, that experiment failed. No big. I'm going to go on to the next one. Or this experiment was successful. Why? Let me apply that to the next experiment or, or apply your failures. So I think that's like that can be applied to anything, you know, science or dating or art. Yeah. So I think a lot of us tend to self-edit because of that reason. We're so scared of yeah. failing or being judged or not living up to the expectation we set for ourselves. Yeah. You, like how did, did you ever deal with that self-editing while you were creating something? And like, how did you overcome it? I have always kind of had the attitude of experimenting and tried to just say what whatever when it's if it's bad you just don't show it to anyone you had awesome you had awesome parents yeah i think a lot of people they had parents i I know a lot of people that their parents are constantly putting them down if they're not if they don't fit into a certain mold that 
the parents want, then whatever you want to do is dumb. Yeah. And so when you kind of constantly have that in your head, you're made to believe that you're a dumb person that has no creative skills. Yeah. But in your case, you're very lucky. And hopefully you know that, Natalie. Yeah. Is that you had very supportive parents. Yeah. And also like to people just in general to be encouraging of just doing something instead of putting down doing something. Oh, I think also about uh, criticism. Like, I think criticism is really important, but it should be taken lightly. Like, especially really harsh criticism. You don't listen to people saying, don't do something. You should listen to people that say, do this and what's more, do it. Here's like something else to consider. Or, you know, there's a lot of... Yeah, I think that a lot of the difference there is like criticism and critiquing are kind of two different things. And uh, constructive criticism is similar to critiquing. Right. Where if you if you take it personally, it's going to just eat away at you. But if you're like, okay, you're criticizing or critiquing the way that this thing is being incorporated. So maybe if I look at it from a different angle, I, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's important to be able to tell the difference between yeah. somebody and just not take it personally. Yeah, exactly. That's the it's like part. this isn't what I'm showing you of my art isn't me. It's something I made, and it's you know, could be iterated. I don't know. But I think for people creating stuff, that is really, really difficult because you actually start investing. You feel like you're putting a piece of yourself yeah, out there it's true. and it's really hard to step back and be like, okay, this does not reflect on me. If someone doesn't like what I've done, Yeah, which is to me is the hardest part about creating anything. Yeah. I, I was going to say I, one exercise that I really found valuable, I took like a creative writing class in school and the teacher said, you have to write 500 words every single day and it doesn't matter what it is. And I might read it, but you send it to me. And I think just like the practice of, of doing something consistently, whether or not it ends up being good necessarily is really valuable. And so you get to, you get to learn a lot just by that experimentation and not taking it too seriously. And it's just like your daily exercise. So that's, I don't know. Besides art, what are some of your other hobbies and interests as we get to know you a little oh, bit yeah. here? Like what, or does art really just keep you occupied hundred percent of the time? It definitely is pretty consuming. <laughs> um, when I'm not working on stuff for the sticker machine or the photo booth, I work on other projects. I'm working on a collaborative performance piece with two of my friends that is pretty engrossing, but I also, you know, I like to play outside. I've gotten in and out of rock climbing and I like to bike and garden and like like city biking or mountain biking mostly just like city biking but i have done a little mountain biking and i recently experimented with skiing which was really fun first time second time i went like several years ago and then last week or something went for the first time in a while and so that was fun but like the season's almost over sure yeah what about your most memorable concert or sporting event (laughs) do you do you have have like a like an all-time favorite live show concert that you've been to well uh i don't know if it says a lot about me but my very first concert i ever went to was in sixth grade and i saw like green day and blink 182 there's nothing wrong with that and i got this really silly lunchbox that's like of all the green day characters drawn as anime characters doing like throwing fireballs oh that's awesome like dragon ball z (laughs) yeah and i still have it i like keep art supplies in it because i have a bunch of lunchboxes and um, anyway, that's sticks. No, out that's cool. Memory. That's so, cool. It's kind of dorky. The, there's a few. Uh, we have a few Salt Lake City related questions. I'm sure you've oh, heard yeah. us ask these on the podcast here before, Natalie. 
uh, if somebody was visiting Salt Lake, like let's say this weekend, right? Just to kind of give you a little bit of a time frame, they've never been here. You're like, oh, you got to go here. You got to check this out. What would Natalie say you, you got to do a hike, an area of town? Yeah. Well, the moon is really full right now or like just started waning. And I really love to go on night hikes at City Creek. Okay. So, or like, you know, the City Creek Canyon. Yeah. Because there's no tree cover, so you can get really great moonlight. And this is like the perfect time of year. So I would recommend doing a nightlit hike. I also haven't actually been, but I've heard that the Christian school on State Street, have you seen that? Oh, is it the one that's across the street from on like 1300 South there? Yeah, just Across right there. from, uh, my mind is blank, that waffle restaurant yeah, yeah. or whatever. The, Coachman's. Coachman's. There's, yeah, I knew it was yeah, on the yeah. tip of my tongue. So it's right across the street from there. Yeah, and what is that place all about? There's this artist who is a really devout LDS member, I guess, and made all these really interesting, mostly concrete sculptures that are like to show his devotion to the church. And he'll lead you on tours if you go on like a Friday at 4 p.m. Oh, wow. Really random hours. But um, I've heard that it's really amazing. And I've like tried several times to go. But you just got to knock on the door. Just knock on the door. What? Do and they have like there, times posted? They, or is no, it just kind of like a word a of mouth? weird looking place. If you know man. about it, you can find it kind of thing. One time I called and found out and he said, if you come around on Friday at 4 Oh, and on like random hours, but <laughs> my, when my parents visited, we tried to go and, <laughs> and they I'll were kill closed. You. So. <laughs> and I'll kill you. <laughs> no, but I've seen photos on. Sorry, I've seen photos on the internet, and it looks really interesting. Really, wow. and I sent one of. We had like a traveler visit, and I was like, "You should check this out." And he went and was like, "That was the coolest thing I saw in Salt Lake." So, huh. oh my god, probably cool. Now have we got to check that out. We do yeah. have to check that out. Have you interview to- him? <laughs> Yeah, bro, that'd be really cool. Have like, have you been to Gilgal Gardens or have, the yeah. International Peace? What is Peace it? Gardens. Peace yeah. Gardens. Those are some of my favorite spots. Yeah, especially like the Peace Gardens this time of year is so beautiful. And like, if you have visiting Salt Lake and you have a bike, you should definitely bike the Jordan River Parkway and it passes through there. Oh yeah, it does. It's like really lovely. And Gilgal is really cool and weird, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not like you can't, you won't spend a whole day there. It's yeah. probably like yeah. a short, maybe right. like an hour tops. Yeah. Maybe hour, have a picnic like or something. 10 minutes. Yeah, you <laughs> 10 minutes. I mean, if you're really like reading everything, you could spend an <laughs> yeah, hour. Depends yeah. Depends on how, how intricate you want to get with yeah. your visit. Or how like meditative too. What, yeah. what about any favorite local eating spots? Do you have like one or two favorites that mm. you're just like, oh, I love this place. Honestly, I really love the taco carts. No, that's, I love <laughs> On, it. Like Ninth South and State Street. There's like, that's my go-to. Um, but no, there's a lot of really great places to eat and, and drink. Would you change anything about Salt Lake City if you could? <sighs> the one thing that I don't like about Salt Lake City is the pollution in the winter. Yeah. And it's like every time that there's the winter inversion, I'm like, why do I live here? But then a day like this, I'm like, why would I ever leave Salt Lake? Yeah, so, exactly. I it think, kind of balances out in the summer. Yeah. And I think like there's... Uh, humanity is on the brink of some major changes and um, I have a positive outlook on the future of Salt Lake in terms of air quality. So a lot of people are kind of down in the dumps, right? They're like, no more people coming here. We don't want more people to move to Salt Lake. That's so rude. That's something. ah. So I live in Austin and Mm -hmm. there's definitely a culture of like, don't move here. 
or I lived here longer and stuff like that. And I just like, I like an elitism. So yeah. They're even like t-shirts of like, don't move here. Oh, it's geez. like, dude, you moved here. Like yeah. everyone's an immigrant. Come on. I hate that people. Yeah, I'll see that on like it. Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And you're smart since you're not on Facebook, <laughs> but I'll see that. Or I'll, make, I'll make a post about the podcast or right. something cool in Salt Lake. And they're like, there. people get so mad at me. Like they think that like, I'm like making people move here because I'm posting <laughs> something awesome about yeah. Salt Lake. And it's like, come on, it's not that big it's of like, a can't, secret. Can't you appreciate your city and not like try to, I don't know. I just think it's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, I've had a great conversation. Let's kind of wrap this up. Find out how can um, listeners get a hold of you, Natalie? Maybe they want to even hire you, right? Maybe they got a (laughs) wedding coming up this summer. Totally. Right? Uh, How can people get a hold of you? Website information. Let's start running down that list there. So for the hand-drawn photo booth, you can just visit hand-drawn photo booth at I mean, dot com. Yeah. Hand-drawn photo booth. Hand-drawn photo booth dot com. And all my information's on there, like prices and, and everything. And you can email me. You can also find me on Instagram, hand underscore drawn underscore photo booth at local artist sticker machine. And then my personal just like art, Natalie, is at Natalie underscore C-A-E. Chrissy throws out a final question, which she'll throw out here in a second. But was there anything, Natalie, that we didn't talk about that you're like, oh my gosh, I want to mention this. And I know we skimmed the surface on everything mm. and kind of went here and there. And I, I can't urge people enough. Go to handrawnphotobooth.com and check out your photo booths and check out what you're all about because I think it's top-notch stuff. Thanks. Yeah. I guess the only thing that comes to mind is a is the project I sort of brushed over. It's a collaborative performance piece called Schmoofies. What, t- talk about that in a minute. <laughs> That's a I could talk name. for a long time, but I'll kind of sure we'll edit whatever whatever you want um so schmoofies are alien creatures from outer space that are fuzzy and cute and they sing and dance and they'll come to your event and they have like hidden orifices all over their bodies where they birth these cute little fuzzy alien babies and so during the event they'll dance around and like birth the babies and then my role so wait these are you dress up as these (laughs) my two partners dress up in these wacky costumes and then I play Wanda, the alien adoption agent. And so I'm just like painted green and like have a suit on. And I go around the party and like make sure that the babies get adopted to families. And I have like a catalog with like sonograms, which are actually just photos of the babies. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, so this, we're making a commercial right now to promote the the performance and hopefully perform it this summer. But we don't have any gigs booked yet. Is this um, like something people could, if they have like a birthday party, hire you guys to come Run yeah, around the birthday party, potentially something like that. We're we're sort of aiming more for like art institutions. Like I I imagine okay. it being like during an, a gallery opening where there's like painting on the wall, but then schmoofies are like ambiently performing throughout. I think it's awesome. It's yeah, really it sounds I, really cool. It's really funny. And um, is there a way to see pictures of this? Is there a website for this? <laughs> Nothing yet. I wished I wanted to have the video ready before this podcast, but you can email us at schmoofies at gmail dot com. Spell that. S-H-M-0-0-F-I-3-Z. Ooh, that's Z. tough. <laughs> Don't even put this in the podcast. <laughs> no, totally. This is great. Come it, it on. Might, it, it might stay oh, in there unless we'll you really see. don't want me to. No, I don't know. I, I I'm obsessed with this project, but it's like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it because I don't have any platforms yet. No, I think but, it's great right. though. I mean, you got to talk about but it. We it's like in my session. Yeah. Yeah. And then that way people can follow you and then maybe you'll make an introduction yeah. at some later point on your social media. Yeah. You can follow Natalie underscore CAE and you'll find updates. And I definitely am going to post the video, which will like 
we're getting, I'm really excited because we're getting one of my artist friends to make music for the background. And that's like the last thing we need. And it's going to be so cute. So I can't wait. I'm anyway, excited. To yeah. See it. Um, and then cool. we'll post, I'll post too about if we, when we get some performances this summer. So very cool. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, Chrissy has a final question. She likes to throw out at our people that come through here. Our people, our people, <laughs> our people. So if you could leave our listeners with one piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, what would it be? Always be an amateur at whatever you're doing. Cause when you consider yourself a professional or consider yourself at like the peak of knowledge, you can never learn more. So that's what I would say, I guess. Many thanks again to Natalie Alsop Edwards for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You can find all the links to connect with her and find out more about her hand-drawn photo booth by visiting IamSaltLake.com forward slash 381. Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. And on that note, it is weekly recommendation time. My favorite part of the show. I think this is, well, I think this is slowly becoming my my favorite part of the show. It's kind of an interesting change of pace where you get to talk a little bit about just random stuff. Well, you know, and sometimes it's actually hard to think of something, right? Oh, it like, totally you're just is. like, what is going to be my recommendation? Are they, are they going to judge me? But that's, <laughs> that, that was part of my reason on why I wanted to do this. You because, want people to judge you? Well, I don't want people to judge me. I just want to be able to speak freely of, yeah. of recommendations. That's fair. I'm going to let I you like go it. first, though. Okay. My recommendation this week, I just had one, is a Yerba Mate energy drink. I actually, I really like them. I prefer them over like the regular energy drinks because I feel like I'm being healthy. Is there any caffeine even in those? Yeah, there's natural caffeine in it. And what the I, heck is natural caffeine? <laughs> I don't know, it, but it says it's natural. So I'm just going to assume that this is a healthy alternative and I enjoy it. And my weekly recommendation is Kilby Court. And the reason I'm bringing this up this week is because this weekend, as we're recording this, they are celebrating their 20th anniversary, 20 years of doing an all-ages venue right here in Salt Lake City. So if you ever get an opportunity to go check a show out over there, it's an incredible experience. I spent a lot of my 20s, my my early 12, probably mid-20s, later 20s at this venue. Saw some incredible shows there. I mean, I've seen The Shins there. I saw Rilo Kylie there. I've seen The Movie Life there. I mean, so many great get-up kids. I saw them. So many great bands. So Kilby Court holds a special place in my heart. So if you have not been there, maybe you've just moved to Salt Lake City Get an opportunity to go check it out. It's right off about 700 South. And actually, obviously, the name of the street is called Kilby Court. I feel like you're talking directly to me because I've actually never been to Kilby no, Court. Well, and I, so know, I know that. I got to take you We there. need to go so, there because I've heard so much about it. So, and they're still doing active shows. The same people that own Urban Lounge in, in the Metro own Kilby Court. So oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're kind of, uh, at least as far as I know, maybe I'm completely wrong there. I don't know. <laughs> but everybody should go, including moi. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Five Wives Vodka, Energy Healing Conference, Market Source Real Estate, and KRCL. We're going to have links for all of them at our website under the notes for this episode, and you can find all that at IamSaltLake.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, hit that subscribe button in whatever app you're listening to this so you don't miss a single episode. They get sent right to your phone. You can send letters and packages to P.O. Box 4412 Salt Lake City, Utah, 
84110. You all have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city, support local, and we're going to see you on that next episode. And good night, Grammy.